0: I don't feel like myself I don't feel like myself it's a phrase that I hear often in the confessional that's not a sin but is oftentimes a symptom of a deeper problem since God has become man ascended into heaven has sent his spirit to dwell within our hearts so that now the kingdom of heaven is within until we reach Him for eternity, when we often say, I don't feel like myself, the symptom of the deeper issues that we are separated, in a sense, from God. I don't feel like myself. I want to use the episode, of the Gospel that we've heard, as well as, some excerpts from a writer, Dom Eugene Boylan, to talk about this experience of being separated from God, particularly the experience of not having heard his voice in a long time, I'm feeling quite absent. First, let's examine briefly the characters in the gospel today that we have the priests and the Levites. Herod, and the three Magi. The first two groups of people are closer to Jesus, at least geographically, while the third is the only group that comes to meet him. And the things that separate the two is that the Magi bring gifts or sacrifices to be offered, while the Levites and the priests and Herod have no sacrifices that they are willing to make to come close to Christ. So what is it that causes us to say, I don't feel like myself, or I haven't heard the voice of the Lord in a long time? I'll read from the author, Dom Eugene Boylan says if there are certain sacrifices we have definitely decided not to make it is no wonder if god remains silent there is no greater catastrophe in the spiritual life than the hardening of the heart against god there is no greater catastrophe in the spiritual life the hardening of heart against god and so What is it that keeps us from hearing his voice? It is unwilling sacrifices. This part of my heart or of my life that has red tape that I am certain I will not allow God to cross or see or touch. For the Levites and the priests, it was their intellectual pride. For Herod, it's his control and ambition. For young people, It's often their future. I don't want God to call me to consecrated life. I don't want Him to call me to priesthood. Or it's an attachment to sin. I don't want to be removed from this. For parents, it's often, I don't want God to ask me to have another child. Or I don't want God to have to touch my finances. For older people, it can often be I don't want God to change this habit that even it's only a venial sin is still odious to others. Or I have this decades-long grudge that I cannot forgive, and I'm unwilling for God to touch that. If we are not hearing the voice of the Lord, if we are in any way feeling somewhat disconnected to Him, we have to ask ourselves. Are there certain unwilling sacrifices that I have? And perhaps the hardest of all of those sacrifices are the sacrifices that we imagine. We stay away from God because we're afraid He's going to go ask us to be a missionary in Calcutta while walking on our hands backwards. We just imagine God's going to ask us the most impossible and the hardest thing. But how often do we actually then go to speak to Him? How often do we allow Him to approach us? Or do we just uh, simply assume that God is going to ask us something that is impossible? Something that will say no and ultimately disappoint him. And this is where the Magi come in. And they begin to teach us how it is to offer sacrifices. Yes, it's true, they come to Jesus prepared to offer sacrifice. But they offer those sacrifices while doing something incredibly important. They look at his face. They look at his face. Last night at my church, there was a wedding. And it hit me this morning that when the bride and the groom stood in front of the altar, they did not exchange vows by turning to a desk in front of them, writing what they would like, and then exchanging it to one another and shaking their hands. Whenever they said the most difficult words that they had said in their entire lives, I will be with you in good times and bad, in sickness and health, to love you and to honor you all the days of my life. They didn't do it white knuckling either. It was something that was easy and it was something that was joyful because they looked at each other in the face and they saw how beautiful one another were. And that beauty and that loveliness pulled out from them any attachments that they had to their future to say, I will be with you. And so it is with the Magi, that they are able to offer gold, frankincense and myrrh and come on a two year long journey because they adored Christ they adored Christ and when they adored him Christ did not ask something of them that was unusual in fact after their adoration of him they simply go home another way and this is something that cannot be emphasized enough Is that often when we approach the face of Christ, to the majority of us, He does not tell us to follow Him in a radical and strange way? Let me repeat that. To the majority of us, Christ does not ask us to approach Him in a radical and strange way. Very few people does Jesus say, Come and follow me in the gospel. He mainly says, go back home. To the Magi, they go back home. To the woman at the well, she goes back home. To some of those who ask to follow him, he tells them to go back to their family. To Legion, who's possessed by many demons, go back to your family. He asks us to go back home to a similar life in a different way. And we know that different way because we are attentive to him as lovers are attentive to one another once we give up those sacrifices. And oftentimes he gives them back. But when we give up those sacrifices, we're attentive to him in this way. We are now one heartbeat with him. We're attentive to his promptings. To put it in a funny way, it's not like this encounter with the face of Christ is some kind of orders that God gives us as a drill sergeant does, or a general. When the Magi approach Christ, it's not as if the infant Jesus speaks his first words and says, don't go back to Herod. That's not what he says. He doesn't say anything. He's an infant. But because their hearts are now attuned to the infant God, they are able to notice even the most subtle hints to tell them, there's something off here. I need to respond this way than that. And that subtlety happens within a dream. Even within a dream, they are attentive to the Lord. And so if we are willing to give those sacrifices that we have been unwilling to perhaps for weeks, months, years, or even decades, that the Lord can soften our hearts again. And oftentimes, though we'll be attuned to him, he'll simply ask us to go back home in another way.